0: Well, good morning everyone. It's lovely to see the place so full today. Um, I'm guessing it's all because you've come along to hear me speak and I'm just putting that down to uh, encourage myself. You might not think so when we get to the end, but never mind. Let's just have a quick prayer. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. I pray that you'll just guide me and guide each one of us in our thoughts. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you've done for each one of us. So, the title today is Downward Spiral. Doesn't sound a very encouraging title, does it? Downward Spiral. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about. What was going on with the children of Israel was a downward spiral. I just want to say, when I was 11, um, I was perhaps privileged enough to be able to go to the grammar school. It was the year after they scrapped the 11 plus. I kind of think if I'd had to take the 11 plus, I might never have got to the grammar school at that time. But the grammar school was not the happiest place I ever went to, particularly when you were younger. I guess most of us had similar experiences of being the youngest in a school. Because in the school, they had prefects. Anybody else had prefects in their school? Anybody here ever a prefect? Well, in that case, I'm not talking about you, Okay. The prefects in Houghton Grammar School, when I went there, it was a license to be a bully. That's all it was, a license to be a bully. And so very quickly you learned as a thirsty, as the youngest ones there, to keep out of their way. You also learned to identify which of the prefects were the biggest bullies and which of them, and not all of them were bullies, but which of them were a bit pleasanter and easier to deal with. I've got to say that at that time, some of the teachers were bullies as well. And uh, having blackboard dusters thrown at you and um, various things like that. And uh, we, we had a saying, Mr. Moss, who was the headmaster, was a very fine boss. He went to church on Sundays to pray to God to give him strength to whack his kids on Mondays. <laughs> So there was a lot of bullying went on. As you got older, I think the bullying got less, perhaps a bit more subtle, but uh, that was it. So today, we're going to talk about a guy who was being bullied, really. And uh, we're going to read it now from Judges chapter 6, verses 1 to 16. It's up on the screen. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years... He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other Eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land, ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, did not spare a living thing For Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord the God of Israel says I brought you up out of Egypt out of the land of slavery I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all the oppressors I drove them from you uh, I drove them from before you and gave you their land I said to you I am the Lord your God do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live but you have not listened to me The angel of the Lord came down under the oak and opera that belonged to Joash and the Abirite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Sir Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about? when they said, Did not the Lord bring you out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon said, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down, and we will strike down all the Midianites together. It actually says, and you will strike down all the Midianites together, but I think it was probably more appropriate that, we will strike down the Midianites together. So there we have a story. He was in a place, Gideon was in this place, he was in a wine press, you might say, well, a a wine press is somewhere in a hole in the ground where you put grapes in and you press them down to get the wine juice out, to get the liquid out. What was he doing in there? Well, he was hiding away. But he was supposed to be threshing the wheat, which meant you threw it in the air and the wind blew the rubbish away and you collected the wheat. You can't really do that in a hole in the ground because there's no wind. So he was hiding away. He was trying to do something out of the way of the people who would come and steal their food but we, we see a whole history we hear a soul whole if you read through we've been reading through on our house group on a Tuesday night and others have as well where there's a cycle going on a cycle of prophets the people do evil they follow the wrong things they worship the wrong gods and then they cry out to God for help and he sends some help And then they have a period of stability and then they fall back into their evil ways again. And then they cry out to God and the same thing happens. And it's a cycle of downward doing things wrong. And it said that this time with Gideon was the worst they'd ever had. The worst oppression they had. The people were starving. They were desperate. They were living, as it said there, hiding away in caves. And God said the first thing he said to them was, You've disobeyed me. Have you not listened to what I've done before? In our prayer meeting this morning downstairs, we were reminded that sometimes we easily forget what God's done for us, don't we? We move on with life, but we forget that he's answered our prayers. and the Israelites had forgotten what God had done for them. They'd forgotten that he delivered them in really hard times. He's fed them, he'd warded them, He protected them in hard times. And yet they'd forgotten about that and fallen into their even ways. So this is where Gideon comes in. He follows the previous prophets. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. Othriel, Ehud, and Deborah. Deborah is an easier one to pronounce. Unless you want to say Deborah, babies. And uh, they brought stability for a while, but it hadn't lasted very long. And notice at this time when. God was planning to do something with Gideon. The people hadn't repented. They hadn't got to that point yet. But God already had a plan in place. He was already working in those people's lives. So we find Gideon in this wine press. The first thing the angel said to him. Now, sometimes it says the word angel spoke to Gideon. Sometimes it said God spoke to Gideon. And um There's a bit of discussion about what that's all about, but it doesn't really matter. God spoke either through an angel or spoke directly to Gideon and gave him some instructions. The first thing he said to him, and you might think this is strange, he said, the angel said to Gideon, the Lord is with you. Now, you know, when we're in a hard time, that's the worst time to think that somebody's helping us, isn't it? Because when we're in a hard time, we think nobody cares Nobody loves us. Everything's gone wrong. And Gideon there, he's hiding away. And he must have turned to to the angel and said, You're having a laugh, aren't you? How can God be with us? Look at what's going on. This is not the good time and and, and things things are bad. They're coming down. They're taking our crops. They're taking our women. they're, they're, They're just awful. How can God be with us? Where's God in all of this? And often in our lives, we get to points like that. We think, where's God in all of this? You know, I've been, I think I've been fairly faithful. I think I've done things right. And where's God in all of this? We can look at the world and look around us, and we're in a pretty desperate place, aren't we? We don't know. I mean, they even talk about World War III. On the news at times, could spread at any time. And we look around and we think, where's God in all of this? You need to be a bit of theologian to work out. We we started a bit of discussion uh, about this in our house group about well, what's God doing at the moment in Israel? And it's a big subject and it's a hard one to work out, isn't it? But where's God in all of that? And we, John and I and Susan, had the privilege of going and listening to listen to the Bishop of Durham. He's retiring after ten years, and uh, we went to hear him in. in Auckland castle in his own private chapel which will be his for a little while till he officially retired and 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 one of the questions that was asked him was what do people ask you what's the most asked question that you get and he said people say the most asked question is why is there all this suffering in the world and he had an answer and if you want to hear that answer go onto to YouTube and listen to that interview because he had a really good answer. Uh, uh, so you, you have a listen. But that's the biggest question he ever got. Not about the Anglican church's decline and that was a question he got asked as well. What things have you done well? What do you feel your legacy's been? The biggest question he got asked was why is there suffering in the world? And I guess as Christians... We might get asked that as well. And that's often the biggest obstacle to people coming to faith. Why does God allow suffering in the world? The second statement that the angel made was surprising as well. He said to Gideon, Gideon, mighty warrior. Now he's this guy, I don't know exactly how old he was. He's cowering away in this wine press. He's hiding away from the enemy. And God says to him, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. If I said to each one of you today, you're a mighty warrior, what would your reaction be? Heather, are you a mighty warrior? In the Lord's strength. strength. That's part two of the sermon. (laughs) Yeah. Mighty warrior. Each one of us, God says, is a mighty warrior. Can you believe that? It's easy to look at Curtis and see that he's a mighty warrior. (laughs) On a good day. Yeah, the Lord's with you. That's true. Great. Here he is hiding away. How could he be? And not only that, he says, do you know the tribe I'm from isn't even one of the strongest tribes. I'm from the weakest tribe. I'm from the weakest denomination. I'm from the weakest church. I'm from the weakest family. How can I be a mighty warrior? But he didn't hear the end of the sentence Because the angel finished his sentence by saying, but, there's always a but, isn't there? I will be with you. You're a mighty warrior, but I will be with you. In other words, you're a mighty warrior because I am with you. You might not be a mighty warrior on your own, but when I'm with you, you're a mighty warrior. Philippians 4, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ the Lord who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Yeah? Do we do it? Sometimes, or most of the time, we believe it, well done. And on Romans 8, verse 31, it said, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Then it goes on to say, nothing can separate us from the love of God so what's what's Gideon's reaction to all of this first of all he realises the remarkable privilege he's been given to talk directly to God and not many people get that direct privilege in the Old Testament they always talk, God seemed to always talk through Moses or Joshua uh, or an angel and he realised that he was talking to God through the angel, talking to God And he acknowledges the sin of the people. He realizes that the people have sinned and that the reason they are where they are is because of their own wrongdoing. He recognizes that they've sinned. And he sets out to change his ways and to change the ways of the people. So he goes out and he tears down the idols. He, He goes into towns and he tears down the idols but the people there start getting aggressive with him. They say, what are you doing? And he tears down the idols and then they realize that he's speaking from God. And the next thing he does is he listens to the plan that God has got for him. Now, you might read on there and if you've already read it, you say, well, he quite didn't accept it straight away, did he? And we're a bit like that. We don't always accept straight away what God saying to us. And Gideon did something that I'm not sure is scripturally right because it says, Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. But he laid down a fleece. And we still use that expression. Oh, I'm waiting for God to do something. But I'm going to lay down a fleece to see whether the answer is right. What he did is, he said, I'm laying down a fleece on this floor. If when I lift the fleece up, the floor's wet. Then I'll know God speaking to me. Right? And then he laid the fleece down. And when he lifted it up, the floor was wet. But then he said, well... I'm not really sure that's right. <laughs> so he said, I'll do it again. But this time, when I lay the fleece down, I'll lift it up and the floor will be dry, but the fleece will be wet. And then he did that and, and it was right. And uh, and you think, well, it wasn't very bright, was he very, te- you know, he's an angel talking to him and he still didn't believe what God's doing. him. But, you know, we're like that so much, aren't we? God tells us to do something and we go, well, you know, I'll just wait and see whether somebody confirms that. You know. I'll wait till that word comes or I'll do this or I'll do that. If we just obeyed God in the first place we'd be so much easier, wouldn't it? Uh, sometimes it's not a bad thing if God asks us to do something to share it with somebody, just to check it out, you know. They might say you're totally mad and you might still go ahead with it, that's fine. But it's always good to check out what you're doing. Uh, but I'm not suggesting we always lay fleeces down. Apart uh, from that, we haven't got any fleeces to lay down, and it's not a good thing in these days to use fleeces, is it? <laughs> Sorry, that was a total tangent. Uh, he acknowledges the sin of his own people. He realizes he's been in the presence of God. He acknowledges his sin and the sin of the people, and he sets out to change his ways. He listens to God's plan, and. We're not in a place to look at Gideon's story. Sorry, we're not planning to look at the whole of Gideon's story because when you read it, there's a lot more. In fact, there's more about Gideon as a judge than there is of any other. Even Deborah, uh, there's more than more of uh, uh, Gideon in the Bible. But one one of the exciting things was he was called to go to battle, to, to battle against the Midianites, and he raised an army. And he raised an army of 32,000 people. Now, when you start reading, the numbers are immense, aren't they? Uh, Another reading that I was doing yesterday for further on in Judges said that somebody raised 300,000 people to go to war. He raised 32,000. But God said, no, that's too many. Too many people. And so God reduced the number. He told him to reduce it to 22,000. Which is still a mighty army, isn't it? I think that's more than the British servant army at the moment. And then he said, no, that's too many. You've got to have 9,700. Seems strange to be in thousands, doesn't it? 22,000 then to get a figure of 9,700. It's like, why not 10,000? Why not 9,000? Anyway, so then we know the story that they all go down to the river to drink. And God says, watch those people who were drinking... And I only want you to use the people who go to the water and cup the water in their hands and drink it. I don't want you to count the people who kneel down and put their mouths in the water to drink it. And so he did that. And marvellously, there was only 300 people out of all those who drank the water by using hands. And that's the people God wanted him to use. And that's who he took to battle. Against thousands and thousands of Midianites, but if you want to read the whole story of how they won, I'll just tell you the the spoiler is they won the battle, and um, and they were victorious. But what's lovely about Gideon's nature and his character is, when somebody was praising him and said, "Gideon, you've done really well," he said, "No, I haven't done well. He said it was God who did well, because because God." was with me. It was God who won the battle. It wasn't me. I was just obedient. I trusted God and I obeyed Him. Now, the same principles apply to us. It's only when we, <coughs> excuse me, that we realize that we are sinners and have lost our way and stopped forever. Uh, and, and stop. It's only when we realize we're sinners and stop sinning that God can move through us. When we recognise the depths of God's love, God loves us so much that He gave His only Son. We have no other means of knowing how we would be if we hadn't got Jesus who leads us and falls forward. But the first step is to (coughs) recognise the sin in our lives and do something about it. The people needed to realise that they were sinners, that they were following false idols. What things are we following? Are we following after money? Are we following after um, uh, addictions? Are we doing things that we shouldn't be doing? We need to recognize that and move forward. And then God can move in us. We can be like, we can be like Gideon. When God says we are mighty warriors. Philippians that we read says, I can do all things through Christ the Lord who strengthens me. And do you know, I was just thinking about this and I thought, do you know, the biggest bully in our lives today is the devil. The devil bullies us. We, we, go in, we, do, we do things we shouldn't be doing and afterwards we feel quite remorseful about it because the devil encourages us. The devil would pull us down. The devil would destroy us. The devil would destroy us and take away our food in the same way as the Midianites would take away the food of the Israelites. He's a bully. He bullies us. We have to recognize that. I love that word that says uh, in Hebrews that sin that so easily entwines us. It's so easy to sin, isn't it? So easy. So we have to be on our guard. Paul, as he spoke last week, Paul Baddams uh, spoke and he said, We have to hide his word in our hearts that we might not sin against him god's word will be a rebuff to sin the devil's words get us into sin but jesus even had to say to the devil get thee behind me satan because he was interfering in things and we need to use god's word and say when we're tempted get thee behind me satan It's really great today, we've got three people sitting here, three angels sitting in this row here, who are going to be baptised later on. They're at that point in their lives where they feel they want to make that statement of faith, and we're really glad as a church, and we're rejoicing that that's what they want to do. And that service is going to take place straight after this service finishes. So you're all invited to come downstairs. Don't immediately dash for tea and coffee, sit yourselves down. And uh, we'll have the baptism service and then we'll have tea and coffee then. But we're so pleased because these three people might not realize it yet, but they're going to be mighty warriors for Jesus. Yeah, well done, Karen. (laughs) Mighty warriors. And uh, we can all be mighty warriors if we follow Him. And then also Paul said, two are better than one. And that's why we meet together in fellowship to encourage one another. Where not a mighty army on our own. We're, to, we're a mighty army when God puts us with people and encourages us to be together. God's presence is real. Would you agree with that? Yep. He gives us strength every day. The battle can be intense. Some days the battle is intense, isn't it? Some days it's a battle just to get motivated. Some days it's a battle just to... To speak the words of Jesus. Some days it's a battle to read our Bibles. Some days it's a battle to come to church. The battle can be intense. Some days especially, the enemy seems really strong. And we feel really weary. We can find ourselves wrestling again with thoughts of doubt. Who are we? Am I really a Christian? Why did I get involved and become a Christian? All thoughts that can go through our minds. Disappointments come. We struggle with feelings like we haven't measured up. I'm not good enough. You know, that that person over there, they're a much better Christian than I am. I could never be like them. You know, that's the, the thoughts the devil puts in our mind. But God still answers us, just like he did for Gideon. He sees mighty when we see weak. He sees victory when we see defeat. He gives hope when we're filled with disappointment. He's still with us no matter how we might fail or what struggles flood our thoughts. He's filling us with power and grace of His Spirit. Just enough for the day. Just enough for the day, for this day. A reminder for your heart. In whatever you might be thinking. The Lord is with you. Mighty warrior. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says. But he said. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all of the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's what Gideon was doing. He said, you know, I am not. I don't feel like a mighty warrior, but I have been, because God has been with me. And, you know, we're so excited at the moment, the leadership certainly are, and I hope the church are that. God's going to do great things, and He's already doing great things. We're seeing answers to prayer. We're seeing people come in who haven't been coming to the fellowship before, and that's fantastic. And uh, God's going to do great things. I don't know what we'll do when we're too full to get in here. That's another problem, but God's got it in hand. and, uh, And that's exciting. But I just want to encourage each one of you to be a mighty warrior this week. Because God is with you. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that lesson from Gideon. We saw how Gideon was hiding away. And we often, Lord, forgive us. We hide away from speaking your truth, from being your people. Help us to realize that you are with us and that you desire to fill us with your spirit that we can be mighty warriors, each one of us. And Father, for those of us who really feel down at the moment, I pray that you'll just uh, encourage us that you'll be with each person that will know your presence, that will be lifted up, that will be glorified by your name. Bless each one of us, in Jesus' name. Amen.